Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall style podcast about WordPress, business and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains. And Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's Pressing Matters. Jack, how's things with you? Uh, yeah, good, thanks. I'm trying to think what I've done. Um, I'm kind of in between a couple of projects, actually. I've started a new project. Um, it's like actually designing um, a, a new project, well, wireframing stage anyway, at the moment, which is quite nice because I've basically been, develop, uh, been doing development for the last, like, 12 to 18 months. So it's nice to get back into some designing stuff as well, which... Um, I would, uh, I, you know, full disclosure, I'm not as good at, but I do really enjoy, and, and I'm not too bad. I don't think I'm too bad. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, getting stuck into that, and I've got a few things kind of coming up ahead of Christmas, including uh, one project looks extremely complicated, and we'll take about sort of converting one site from Joomla to WordPress, actually. Um, but it's kind of, there's lots of moving parts, lots of, like, data feeds coming in, that kind of thing. So just kind of at the investigation stage of how best to kind of import like JSON uh, exports that they provide to WordPress and things like that at the moment. So, yeah, week's been a bit, uh, a bit like a researchy week, I would say. Um, but, yeah, how about nice. yourself? Yeah, no, I'm good, thank you. It's been a while since we talked because I think we obviously did back-to-back recordings a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, in that time, finally got my um, the redesign and the relaunch of my wife's teaching resources website out the door and done, which is really good. Great. So that was quite a lot of culmination of quite a bit of work it was a new design new copy um new like membership options uh, had quite a bit of a change where previously like she had a free tier and people had access to quite a lot of free resources but there was also obviously the premium one which gave them access to more resources but pretty much the free one has been taken away you only get like a starter pack um so there's a lot of change to the business model but uh, yes all done out the door which is quite nice uh, to be done um, yeah other than that I've been pushing out releases to WP user manager fixes um, tweaks and kind of getting a handle on the plugin what it does how to support it and you know because it when it's not your plugin that you've built from scratch it's I think it's harder to do straight away and get into mm-hmm. like, even coming down to like deploying a plugin update to um, wordpress.org like previously my own free plugins you'd you'd know exactly how to do it whereas this like had a slightly different way of doing it so you kind of feel like a noob all over again thinking god i don't want to like mess this up and like you know do a mangled release that then screws up for people Mm -hmm. so yeah it's been another a little bit of a learning curve and feeling new again but yeah i finally got a handle on it cool um which is good so yeah it's plugins it's all about plugins at the moment Yeah, um, and actually today we've got we've got a, an, another guest, which is great. We've got James Kemp with us. Um, James, welcome. Thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, do you want to tell our listeners, all three of them, um, who you are uh, and what you do? You know, what what are you doing in the WordPress world? Yeah, so um, I'm James Kemp, as you said. Uh, I run a plugin company called Iconic uh, at iconicwp.com and we make premium WooCommerce plugins so we've got 13 on the site at the moment 
uh, a few in the works behind the scenes. And um, yeah, I've been working with WordPress since 2009, um, starting with kind of integrating Magento into WordPress. Uh, so it's always, I've always had kind of a, an e-commerce uh, base to the work that I do. Um, but yeah, I used to work with, you know, clients and I released a plugin that integrated Magento into WordPress. And then I released some add-ons for that and kind of started my plugin journey from there. Um, and then, yeah, now here I am selling WooCommerce plugins. Nice. So is that 13.1.3 on the uh, yes. plugins? Nice. Yeah, Does 13. it still include the Magento one? No, I sold that actually um, back in 2016, I think. So I used to have quite a few plugins, uh, including some free ones. And a lot of them were not to do with WooCommerce. So my focus when I, when I rebranded as Iconic, pretty much just after I sold the Magento plugin, um, was to only sell WooCommerce plugins through Iconic. Nice. So you were selling as jameskemp.com or before? Uh, mostly James C. Kemp, yeah. And it was all on um, Code Canyon. Ah, interesting. So, yeah, so now, as you say, your focus is Iconic WP, um, which is not Code Canyon, is that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it's all, um, it's all through my own website. Uh, I would say about two years ago now, I switched from Code Canyon. Um, I was Iconic WP for a little bit on Code Canyon. Uh, we're probably talking like six months or something like that. Um, and I made the transition from Code Canyon over to my own website, where we sell through Freemius. Right, gotcha. Yeah, and we've spoken about Freemius before on the show. Mm -hmm. So you, uh, and I need to get my head back into this. So you don't run EDD or WooCommerce or anything like that. You just purely have links to a Freemius checkout, effectively, a hosted checkout form. Is that right? Essentially, yes. Yeah. So the, the site is essentially just a, standard WordPress site. Um, I've added a, a custom post type for products and basically used, you know, advanced custom fields to list out all the different fields that I need, like price and uh, content. And then there's an integration behind the scenes. So Freemius give you this uh, JavaScript code that you just drop on your site and it, it opens the checkout in a, in a modal. Gotcha. Um, so all I need to do is pass in, you know, the, the plan ID, uh, the product ID and things like that. Okay. Nice. Um, <clears throat> I know we probably, I thought I'd start more, you know, origin story, but it'd be quite nice to dive into, obviously that switch between Code Canyon and Freemius, or, or really it's Code Canyon as in a marketplace and your own blog, like your, not your own blog, sorry, your own website. God, need to get rid of that WordPress uh, blog <laughs> stigma. <laughs> It's in my own head, um, but yeah, you know, having it on your own website, which means you're responsible for getting your own traffic. You can't sort of rely on Code Canyon and Envato's massive um, user base and you know everything that comes with having that marketplace. So how did that how did that work that transition? Um, scarily. So yeah, you're right. So I obviously Code Canyon has a massive marketplace um, and I was on there since 2011 so it was a good 
uh, five years, I guess, until I made the switch. Uh, well, five or six years. Um, but during that time, I always had my own website as well. So I always had, um, you know, my plugins listed on my website to start with. Uh, and then when I rebranded as Iconic, I built an Iconic site and I had the plugins listed on there as well. And they were simply just links through to Code Canyon. Right. Um, so I already had a presence in, in that respect. And, you know, we had a blog on the go, which gets a lot of traffic, um, offering kind of WooCommerce tips and tutorials and things like that. Um, so we we already had the traffic to our site. And, you know, that there was obviously some traffic that came just directly through Code Canyon, but I would say most people who found our products were searching in Google. Mm. And, you know, the results would, would come up for them and either take them to Code Canyon or take them to our site. Um, so we had that presence there already. Uh, the actual transition process, I staggered a little bit um so i i set it up so i did one plugin to start with um and i had you know code canyon and the freemius version working at the same time so on code canyon i had to switch as a uh, to a non-exclusive author uh, and then sold it in both places and then in the code canyon version of the plugin uh, there's basically a notice in the back end that said we're switching to this new uh, model, subscription model essentially. If you want to switch over, enter your Invato purchase code into this page on my website and we'll generate you a, a new license key for Freemius for, you know, free for the next six months or until the end of the year since you purchased. Um, so we managed to port a lot of customers over from there, whereas we didn't know really who they were before from Co-Canyon. You, you don't get any access to that information. Mm. Um, we started to get this you know, collection of who our customers are and what sites they're using it on, what products they're using and things like that. So they would have to take that, that Invato key, put it into your website with their email address or sort of their details. So then you... you yeah, you've captured enough to then remarket to them and or you know retarget your other plugins and yeah I, I used the API so all they, all they needed was the uh, the key and then I would pull in their details based on that key oh okay yeah yeah the yeah the code canyon or the Envato API yeah yeah so it, it used both actually it, it pulled the details from the Envato API and then generated a license from the freemius API nice. Ah, okay, so how long was it then from doing that one initial trial to then sort of snowballing and just getting the rest done and getting off Code Canyon? Probably about six months. Um, potentially a year, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, I know that it was October two years ago that that I you know, finished transitioning uh, and I'd shut down Code Canyon. Um Code Canyon were quite good actually. They they allowed me to soft disable the plugin. Okay, uh, yeah, because you can plugins. only delete, can't you? In, in you can't yeah, really yeah. deactivate it. Yeah. So I told them what I was doing, um, and you know it was it was pretty good of them to accommodate for that, as you know I'm I'm leaving them essentially. Mm. Um, but I wasn't a, an elite author. Um, you know we had ten thousand sales on there. 
um, and we'd been on there a number of years so I don't know whether that had any part of it but yeah um, you know it took a year to, six months to a year I would say um, and that was you know running them side by side and then to finally cutting them off completely and that first experiment I guess when you did the first one and you ran them side by side do you remember seeing like a difference in sales to your to you know the freemius version or the freemius checkout to code canyon did you did you yeah. did it have a downtick then from in, on code canyon uh not necessarily downtick i mean if you imagine what an x looks like it was essentially you know as the code canyon sales dropped because they dropped instantly because uh we switched to non-exclusive so i can't remember the exact terms but i, I think they take like 40% if you're non-exclusive and they took 12% when we were exclusive so the actual revenue we got uh, or the net revenue we got from Code Canyon dropped instantly across all plugins because we couldn't just switch it off for one plugin oh gotcha so yeah um, so I had to make that process quite quick but the sales we got on Freemius you know as, as the Code Canyon ones dropped the Freemius ones were rising um, so we kind of stayed the same for a while, uh, and then Freemius, you know, overtook what we were earning on Code Canyon almost instantly. It was you know three to six months. We were probably like one point five times, and then promptly two times what we were getting on Code Canyon. So, and because I guess of course your there was no links from your site to Code Canyon anymore. So people could, you know, coming through Google or your other marketing channels to your site, they could only buy through Freemius. It was only inter Code Canyon kind of searches that people would find. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, and and I guess um, you know their the prominence in Google is quite high as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, they, they they got there as well. But we did. We were a little bit sneaky actually. We we said in our profile on Code Canyon that we were switching. Um, which we did get told to take off, but so ah, don't do that if you're going to. Because you kind of ward off future purchases on Code Canyon and be like, don't, don't yeah, buy you're, here, you're basically. Kind of, you're using it as a, a platform to get sales somewhere else, essentially. So yeah, um, it, it was a hard transition to make because we wanted the existing customers to still be happy. You know, we weren't necessarily trying to uh, take any new customers that were on there, but we wanted the existing customers we had to stay with us. Um, which is a hard switch for them as well because obviously they spent, you know, sixteen dollars buying one of these plugins for life, mm. uh, and we're we're changing our model completely to uh, we probably average around seventy nine dollars now per year. Mm. Um, so it was it was quite a switch for for them in terms of their mindset. Yeah, but I guess you know we we talked a bit about pricing and value before completely necessary for you because you cannot sustain a $16 plugin or $17 plugin with Envato taking however much percentage from it and it being a one-off purchase especially when it comes to you as a customer they're buying things for their e-commerce site and it helps them make money like it's yeah the value return yeah, and is I mean not- some some of our plugins are you know, key parts of their e-commerce site, like delivery slots, for example. Mm. Um, you know, without that, they wouldn't be able to run their site as well. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they need us to maintain it. They need us to keep releasing updates and supporting them when they need it. Nice. I was going to say actually. I mean, I think you sort of answered it, but um, it sounds like yeah, the whole the whole process of moving from Co Canyon to uh, Freemius to you know sort of a self hosted solution, you know, your own solution, um, is it really paid off, which is which is great. Um, and you say as well that you regained, well not regained, but you you increased kind of your uh, revenue, I guess, one and a half times over about sort of six months and everything. Um, that's great. I mean, it's interesting actually. I suppose that's not an avenue I've ever thought of, but if you were starting off in the plugin space and you didn't know, you know, how to get traction or you weren't necessarily clued up on like SEO or doing it on your own site, which I know a lot of people prefer, obviously, because it's like, you know, the, uh, y- y- you get a bigger chunk of the pie essentially, but using like you did with Code Canyon and then going ahead and kind of going, going and putting all your, your stuff on Code Canyon and then, moving off to another uh another solution like freemius allows you to kind of capture that large market that the invato kind of suite of sites can provide and then move the that customer base offer for a kind of essentially quite a low cost off onto your own solution and then upgrade them as well it's not a kind of an avenue of you know starting a plugin business starting producing plugins being a plugin author and then moving to your own solution it's not one i've ever really thought of before and you know, it, it sort of almost sounds like that's kind of how you did it. There was no plan for that. It's just kind of how you did it. But that might be quite a useful thing to do if, if you don't know where to start. Yeah, I mean, it, I would say it's harder these days than when I started it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I started it uh, eight, eight years ago, I guess, on Code Canyon. And the marketplace was a lot smaller. Mm. Um, so there was less products that kind of conflicted with each other um so it was easier i don't have any experience with it now but it was easy for me back then to to get a presence uh, on the marketplace um you know I, I think i was ranked in the top 100 authors mm. uh, at the time on the website which is pretty good i don't know how many there are now but I imagine it'd be quite hard to to rank like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I often think of like 2010 as like kind of the wild west of WordPress and plugin development. It seemed to be that a lot of the uh, the kind of quite big companies, the companies that grown to quite a size, started off at around that time, maybe even slightly earlier as well, and kind of got plugins out there and built themselves kind of a name. Um, I would say, you know, like... um, uh, uh, what's it sand hills you know with pippin plugin pippin's plugins and edd and all that sort of stuff and then of course woocommerce came on the scene and that's a huge marketplace one on its own as as you know you know and we'll get into um so yeah i i totally understand what you mean and i've heard that from theme authors as well that it was always a lot easier you know a few years ago to kind of create themes and now it's uh if you're not creating kind of a some kind of a theme that's you know, meets every person's need, these kind of mega themes that you get on um, Theme Forest, then it can be quite difficult. But um, but yeah, no, that's, that's interesting what you say. Starting, starting off a bit earlier, it gave you a bit of a, more of a, a foot in the door. Is that fair to say? It is, yeah. Uh, I think another issue could be that the customers that you get on Code Canyon are expecting this lifetime purchase. Mm. Um, we didn't get many complaints I'm talking like, you know, a handful. Sure. Um, but obviously when they first bought, they weren't expecting to then have to renew, uh, you know, a year or so down the line, mm. which the new model 
you know, we, we kind of put them into that. I mean, they could still use the plugin. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's part of our terms is you can still use the plugin when, when your license expires, but you, you, you don't get updates or support. Um, so, I mean, that could be an issue if you went down that route, but it, it wasn't necessarily for us. No, absolutely. I, I know um, I've, I've worked with a couple of companies that have basically, they've had a WooCommerce site, they've had a WordPress site, and it's been quite an important site. So they've said, there's been you know developers above me kind of thing and they said once we've got the site sorted we don't update anything we don't update wordpress we don't update plugins or anything so if you've got you know a perfect set of you know solutions plugins and you know your theme and everything works for you um providing that uh, an update to a browser doesn't destroy some bit of it which you know happens over time then leave it don't don't touch it i mean obviously there are security concerns in all of that um and I think there is to some extent a, a little bit of like scaremongering that goes with, oh, you must update WordPress or you must update your plugins and stuff like that. And, and that is a good idea to do. But I think, yeah, if you've got a solution that works for you, you could just stay where you are, not update anything and still be able to use your plugin no problem. So there's always an argument for, well, just don't update anything then. You know, if you don't want to get on this model and you don't want to, you know, all those other things, then you don't you don't have to. Mm. That's bonkers though in some respects because you know if you buy um like for example if you're running an edd site and you've purchased the stripe add-on um which is a payment gateway powering taking sales to your store and you don't update it and then stripe make changes the sca stuff happens Mm -hmm. you can't i don't think you can kind of i think it would be crazy for store owners to just to lock down and never update and think this is you know it may be for some plugins but you're right i i kind of gave that example without any context i think if it was a small feature plugin then yeah but if it's something you rely on then absolutely yeah keep it up to date i'm not advocating keeping things out of date i'm just saying you don't you don't have to update if you don't want to if it's not if it's not a huge thing Yeah, yeah and it's amazing you know with the backwards compatibility of wordpress isn't it and and when well, WooCommerce to an extent, but uh, how long you can go for using a plugin, uh, even if it hasn't been updated to work with the latest three, four, five major versions of WordPress or whatnot, you know? Yeah, it's it's a tricky one though, because you know we run the Delicious Brains website, as you well know, James, on WooCommerce, and it because we you know your your way of making money selling things is dependent on WordPress, it's dependent on WooCommerce, and it's dependent on your payment gateways, and it's all your custom WooCommerce plugins. Like, it's quite a, um, a almost a bit of a house of cards, like, and mm. you, you're quite dependent on things not breaking, or Woo, WordPress not breaking WooCommerce, WooCommerce not breaking, you know. So sometimes, well, it is better to update, and yeah, I know you're not advocating not updating, Jack, but but also it's scary to update because mm. WooCommerce comes out with a major version and you think, God, what what have they changed here that is potentially going to affect like our customizations and you know, and it is very easy just to go, oh, I'll do that another day, like it's working now, it's fine. And like how have you found that with your you know, your plugins that rely on WooCommerce, for example, so you need to keep up to date with things. Mm. Yeah, I mean uh before I jump into that, another thing you, you should consider is that hosting companies auto-update their servers as well. 
Mm. So you could get a new PHP version which breaks stuff, or you know, SQL version. There's all these different factors, mm. um, which is kind of one negative of running a, a plugin company over a SaaS company. Um, you know, you've got all these different scenarios that could go wrong, and all these different plugins working together and themes working together. Whereas a SaaS company, you've just got you know your one product that you host and you know how it works and you know what it's working with um so yeah one thing to consider um and then i've forgotten your question what was your question i i think it was short short question was you know how do you deal with keeping your plugins up to date and compatible with woocommerce and and perhaps wordpress to a certain extent but you know woocommerce is actively developed and it's you know comes out with major versions all the time it even comes out with minor versions that are still breaking changes to like mm. people's themes, customizations and things like that. But yeah, so I mean we had um a lot of backwards compatibility. Uh you know, they switched it must have been a, a year or so ago now to the CRUD methodology. Um which changed a lot of things in terms of how you interact with products. Um so in order to keep backwards compatibility we've we've kind of coded both solutions into our plugins uh you know if the method exists we use that if not we use the the previous version um so we don't tend to have issues with updates um but woocommerce is quite good in that they release you know beta versions quite early on and give you plenty of time to test with them and report any issues and get those issues fixed um you know we also contribute to core occasionally if something's changed that we need to fix or uh you know there's something that we need to add to make something work um the hardest part for us is having a fairly small team and if woocommerce roll out an update we've got to update you know 13 or so plugins um pretty much in one go and that's that's always a bit of a challenge it it occupies a lot of time um, because you've obviously got to go through and actually test that that they all still work in the key places. Mm. Um, but we've managed. Do you um, do you use like a kind of a like the latest kind of code base from WooCommerce to kind of check all of that, or do you wait for them to push out their release just in case they kind of they go in one direction, they decide to backtrack a bit, and you don't end up you know fixing something which is then reverted in WooCommerce, which beca- your fix becomes invalid later on. Yeah, no, so I, primarily we develop on the latest version of WooCommerce, mm-hmm. uh, the actual released version. Yeah. Um, but I use a, a kind of Git workflow that allows me to check out the latest beta version. So we only test if they've released it as a, as a beta version. Okay. Um, so we check that out and it you know switches the plugin to... Uh, that version and it also changes the database so we're not interfering with uh, with the original version it doesn't it allows us to switch back without it needing to downgrade the database Um, so yeah that's how we test okay yeah sure so you've got um, let's have a look is it 10 3 6 9 10 11 12 13 plugins on your site is that right I've counted that right (laughs) Um, 
So, and you said you got a few in so. development. I uh, could have looked at the, the number next to the categories on the side, and there's me counting boxes all down your page. Um, <laughs> the uh, so the you've got those. What which one did you start with, and why? Uh, actually, Wootham's was the first plugin we released, um, although it wasn't called that back in the mm -hmm. day. So that was actually released uh, twenty twelve, I think. Okay. So it's had a very long life in terms of a plugin. Um, it's still one of our top sellers. And back in the day, it was called Multiple Images Per Variation. Catchy. Which is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a catchy one. Um, and it, it it came to life, essentially, to, to do exactly that. Um, you know, in WooCommerce, you can only add one image to a variation. Uh, so you know if you've got a, a red t-shirt you can only add a picture of the front of the red t-shirt so when the user selects uh, you know red medium they would see this red t-shirt and then the rest of the normal gallery images which might be you know green and black and mm -hmm. blue um, so back then I ran a, an agency and we were developing sites for customers um, and one of our customers said, you know, we, we want to be able to add more than one image. You know, we want to be able to add the back of the T-shirt mm -hmm. when the user selects it as well. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. And that's what it did originally. Uh, whereas now it's kind of a, a full replacement for your product gallery. So you install it, it gets rid of the WooCommerce one, replaces it with the WooThumbs gallery, uh, which still allows you to add multiple images to a variation but it also allows you to embed video into your product gallery um customize the layout so you can you can move the thumbnails from you know underneath to the left or to the right or above it if you want uh it gives you sliding thumbnails and just kind of all these all these features that improve that component of your product page yeah no it sounds great i'm pretty sure i've used woo thumbs before but when you said the name you know whilst uh you know Ian and i both kind of giggled at the uh you know in long long window kind of version of that name i think i remember that um as a as a thing and i and i was actually i know i mentioned before we, we recorded but um i'm pretty sure we use woocommerce delivery slots as well one of your other add-ons on um a site of mine um i run a site for a flower shop um in bath and they do deliveries at specific times. So um, I'm pretty sure we, we use that one. If it's not that one, it's one very similar. Um, but yeah, so what was the the most recent add-on that you released and why? The most recent is Sales Booster. Uh, iconic Sales Booster for WooCommerce. Mm -hmm. um, we changed a bit of focus on this one uh, a lot of our plugins previously are kind of enhancement based plugins um, you know they enhance a particular part or they add functionality to a particular part of your website um, with sales booster the aim was to increase your average order value as a store owner so it's, it's kind of a different target in a way um, you know it's, it's aiming at increasing the value of your orders um, which isn't something we've we've explored before uh, and the way it does it is with cross-selling 
um, primarily at the moment with some upselling features and we'll, we'll be adding some more upselling features in the future. Okay. This episode is sponsored by WP App Store. Subscribe for free for the best deals in WordPress, plugins, themes and hosting at WPAppStore.com. So how long has that been out, James, that new, um, the booster, the kind of, the new type of product? Uh, I would say June, I think, is when we released it. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, 3rd of June. So not too long. Um, we've we've been working pretty hard on it, actually, over the past few uh, weeks, probably months, actually. Um especially on the frequently brought together feature that we offer as part of that plugin. Um, so on the product page, we allow you to list, you know, as many as you want, but ideally two to three other products that are frequently bought with the product you're looking at. Mm, Amazon style. Um, and the, yeah, exactly. Amazon style. The, uh, the additions we've made to that are that you can now offer variable products as part of that. You can offer variations of a product. Um, and the way that it works is you you get a drop down of all the different options, that you, uh, all the different variations of the product. So you can kind of quickly select, uh, you know, if it's a t-shirt, your, your size and color from that page um, and then add it all to cart in one go. And you can also now discount that bundle as well. Nice. How how are you um, finding sales of that? As you said, it you know it's a different kind of proposition for customers. Like, are, are they seeing the value in it, and therefore, you know, it, it's doing well? Or it's doing quite well. It's um, it's it's a harder product to sell. Uh, with our other, with our other products, you're kind of solving an issue that someone already knows they have. Mm. Whereas with this product, you're, you need to sell the product to them, um, which is a lot harder. So the actual, uh, you know, conversion rate optimization and copy on the product page is something that we've been focusing a lot more on um, in order to, to get across the value that this product can add to your site. Um, so in terms of that, it's it's been a bit slower, just kind of finding our feet in in how we can make that work. Mm. And I've got a couple of questions coming off the back of this, but I noticed you're offering a trial for that. Is that do you offer a trial for the other plugins? I'm just yes. Yeah, so how does that work? Is that a freemius thing? Like, because trials for digital products and even refunds for digital products are so difficult because people still keep the actual product apart from updates and support, but is that is that just effectively like a, a refund that just cancels their up, updates? No, uh, well, it is it is a freemius thing. Um, so the way it works is, uh, obviously freemius use Stripe or PayPal, um, depending on what the customer chooses for their checkout. Uh, and it, it essentially creates a free trial via them. Um, so they allow you to submit a zero dollar payment, uh, which then renews in 14 days uh. Uh, at the full price. Um, 
and the the user would download the plugin, enter their license key, um, they would have the option to upgrade then via the back end of the WordPress admin area. Um, and essentially when, when the trial runs out, the, the way I've got it set up is that it, it just auto-converts into a paid plan uh, unless they cancel it. Yeah. If they cancel it, they they lose access instantly and that's just part of the um you know freemius code base is that if you don't have a license key or a you know a license key that allows you to keep the plugin activated then it it just doesn't work oh, so the plugin doesn't work uh, at all no if if they cancel the trial uh, or let the you know trial expire by not having correct payment details or that kind of thing mm. Is that the same for the for Freemius's other licenses? So if you just buy a normal license and at the end of the year, um, you know, you, your card's expired or whatever, does it totally like? Is it a nuclear? You cannot use this add-on, this plugin, or is it? Because no, I, you you can choose. Essentially. Ah, okay, gotcha. Uh, so you you can say you know after the year, um, stop uh, stop everything, just stop the plugin from working. Uh, or you can say keep the plugin working but don't update it anymore yeah okay so trials are slightly different and because uh, I'm intrigued about the trial aspect because I don't you don't often see this in the WordPress plugin space um, I, don't, I don't think and not that I've come across so I'm just curious to like have you got any kind of numbers in terms of how many people take up the trials and what's your conversion um, then on I do nice yeah, it's, it's interesting actually, we switched, um, so the way our trials work is that as a user you have to enter your card details still yeah. um, to get access to the free mm -hmm. trial, which means that after the 14 days it automatically renews, like I said. Um, so recently we trialled uh, what would happen if we disabled that and just allowed the person to download it. Uh, still via Freemius, you know, that, that's an option of Freemius, is that you can enable that, that payment requirement. Um, but yeah, it went terribly. It, uh, it is not an option for us. So the, the number of trials went up dramatically, um, probably you know times two. Yeah. Uh, but the number of people who actually converted after that into paying customers dropped significantly. Mm -hmm. Um, by quite a lot and I don't know whether that's because they they just decided that oh you know we don't want this or we'll purchase this in a couple of weeks when we're going to use it mm. um, so you know they they may well have converted in the future but it was a it was a big hit it was it, we ran it for about a month and it was um, it was not for but us do you, do you, but uh, in terms sorry no, I was uh, I'm going to say about the the conversion rate is normally um, from trials, uh, kind of forty to fifty percent of people who take a trial will convert into a paying customer. Okay. And and then my next question on that was, how long do they stay a paid customer? Because I can imagine the experiment that you've just done, where you've taken uh, the the need to add card information or payment information at the start of the trial, so it's completely free to sign up, and then they've just stop the trial but not then paid money i can imagine that's almost comparable to people who enter their card details do the 14 day trial then after 14 days kind of have forgotten about it get charged 
and then go, oh God, I didn't cancel this trial and then cancel like days, weeks or a month later? Like what's your, do you have much churn after the trial is first over and, and charged? Uh, yeah, I mean, our most common refund request is that someone's accidentally let the trial renew or, you know, let the plugin renew after a year, yeah. um, which we tend to honor. Uh, it's rare that we don't refund people. Um, and we're, we're probably talking in terms of the transactions that take place. Um, so, you know, new sales, renewals, trials being taken and trial conversions. Uh, refunds are two to three percent of that. Okay, so because I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, gauge selfishly, is this a good thing to do for, for other, you know, my stuff or whatever? It, it sounds like trials, you know, with the paid option to start with, is a is a good route to take. I would say a hundred percent yes, yeah. uh, because. You've, if you do the paid option, you've already validated that this person is willing to pay for it because yeah. they're giving up their card details. Um, and it also gives you the opportunity to onboard them in a way. Um, so we use ConvertKit and we're trialing at the moment for WooThumbs that when someone takes a trial, we send them you know, a series of emails over the trial period to guide them through it, to ask if they need any help. Um, and offer them a discount at the end if they haven't mm. uh, if they haven't upgraded already. Um, and if we didn't do that, I I don't think we would have as many just outright sales. You know, I think people want to try it in some way. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of WooCommerce plugins do offer these these demos and back end demos. Um, but that's not necessarily always the best way to to try it. You know, if you want to try something specifically for your store, yeah, the best place to do that is on your store. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I definitely think paid trials is what I call them, uh, is is a great way to go. Yeah, and I think it's akin to SaaS products, isn't it? That people have that that option, and you need to, as you say, verify validate that they're gonna stump up some money. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, there is the risk that they could just download the plugin and strip out the licensing and keep it. Um, but, you know, that there's hassle to that. People that, that want to do that, they'd be able to find these plugins somewhere for free anyway. Yeah. You can't mitigate against that sort of stuff because the people that will no, go those lengths. I think as well you don't, yeah. you don't necessarily want them as your customer anyway. No, agreed. I see as um, well you've got... I'm going to go... Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you go, Jack, because I was going to go off off topic. So, oh, okay. I, no, I was going to say I've got the uh, the modal in front of me. You know, as if I was trying to sign up for a trial, and um, and I'm sort of having a look at it. And it's really interesting, actually, since I last looked at Freemus, they've added a lot of, um, I think, GDPR kind of friendly stuff, which is looks really interesting. And and you know, um, send me an email two days before the trial ends. Uh, you know, send me details about my cart. You know, to kind of remind me that I've got stuff in the cart. Yes or no. Um, but they've got options here for in the cart changing your selection. I mean, it's a single site license by default, but you can change it to three sites, or you've got a thirty site license as opposed to sort of like a two to five site and then an unlimited site license. And then you can choose a lifetime option as well. And um, 
you know those those change the numbers quite quite significantly um how do you find that people do that or do you find that most of your customers are single site licenses or do you find that do you have lifetime licenses you know do you have people that are that kind of or do they kind of uh, get the single site license try it out and then say yeah this is brilliant i'm always going to have this i'm going to change to a lifetime license and upgrade it in my wp admin using the freemius mechanism all of the above really um cool <laughs> the most common for sure is uh is a single site annual mm -hmm. license um we again is another thing that we've just recently trialed is offering monthly uh plans as well but we we took it out because we we kind of we did the numbers and realized um they'd have to renew essentially for two years straight if we if someone was going to renew for two years uh, on an annual plan they would have to renew two years straight on a monthly plan mm -hmm. every month and we'd only really make $30 more than we would if they'd just renewed twice on an annual plan um, so we decided that model wasn't really worth the risk of them you know bailing out after 12 months or, or it's whatever. funny you should uh, because if you're constantly reminded to to update you know you start thinking do i need to keep yeah updating? no it's funny you should say that i i me and ian had this conversation yesterday actually um because i've i've considered monthly pricing for my add-ons for my plugin a couple of times and after kind of a quick chat we just ruled it out um you know the uh the increase yeah. in things like potential uh support and um you know uh, maintenance of that customer on a monthly basis i think makes it just you know it doesn't make it viable um, and and yearly is definitely something that people expect a little bit more from the WordPress community anyway. I think monthly is more of that SaaS kind of product mentality, which doesn't necessarily translate to WordPress plugin sales. No, and I think as well, it's it's like we kind of raised earlier that it becomes harder to support that model, you know, in terms of updates and actually supporting mm. a customer. Um because you haven't got this kind of budget in place to play with you know you you it actually happened the other day i spent a day or so fixing this compatibility issue for a customer for them to then say uh, actually we're gonna use something else and you know if you do that with someone who's paid monthly um you've spent a lot of time that you're never mm -hmm. going to make back yeah um but in terms of actually the the split if we look at uh july for example um, lifetime licenses were around seven percent of you know people took a lifetime okay. license uh ten percent of people were taking monthly, which at the time is our bundle product um and eighty three percent of people were on annual uh, so yeah the the majority choose annual and the majority choose. Uh, single site because typically they're they're store owners and they've just got the one shop probably That's, exactly yeah. yeah yeah I mean yeah. we I'm finding that with my own stuff that it's single site which makes it very hard to monetize uh, at another level because they're never going to want two to five sites or unlimited sites because they don't run unlimited sites that need my plugin or your plugin or whatever um, which takes us nicely no well, I think sorry I yeah so I was going to say the market for that I would say is is developers and agencies who build multiple sites. Yeah, yeah, which is it difficult <coughs> on the use case of not everybody's like that. Um, 
but that yeah. does take us to something that Jack and I have been talking about on the on the podcast and, and separately. And, and even Jack reached out yesterday saying, "Do you what, what other examples of um, WordPress plugin businesses that use this sort of bundle pricing as well as selling individual?" Um, I mean, we're, we're coming from it from uh, a, a, a free main plugin with add-ons because that's obviously what Jack has with better notifications with WP and what I now have with WP user manager but you've got bundles on your um on on your site so you're selling individual add-ons uh, individual plugins sorry where people can buy and that's what they want and but they might want a couple of plugins because they want to enrich their WooCommerce store with this functionality but you sell you know larger priced bundles of you know x amount of different add-ons and or different plugins even and I want to yeah I wanted to dive into that how how do you see that bundle um how does it go with your customers and is that something you've added recently uh it works pretty well actually um this it's not a recent addition we've we've had it at least a year um probably longer uh again it's something that we've changed recently where it was monthly uh and we had you know, it's 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 something that a lot of our customers have taken up, um, because if you think about the essentials bundle, for example, if you were buying um, two plugins from us, then you're not far off the cost of the essentials bundle anyway, where you can get three more. Mm. Um, uh, but the where the value really comes in, especially for agencies and developers, is the all access bundle. Where you're essentially saving, you know, just over ninety percent of what it would cost to buy each one individually, um, and the cost of that for us is, you know, the the four nine nine a year, which is what it is at the moment, is is well above the average customer spend. So, you know, it's essentially a, an upsell for us, um, and the the customer gets a lot out of it as well because they they get access to all of the plugins for thirty sites. Uh, including any plugins that we release in the future, uh, and you you do see this model quite a lot now um, in product and plugin businesses where they've got you know some kind of club or uh, a bundle <coughs> offering like this, um, and it, it's definitely you know it's one of our if this was a plugin in itself it'd be one of our top sellers. Interesting, because we're debating back and forth about this, and I, I've been saying to Jack like I. I've, as I said in a couple of episodes back, taking on WP User Manager, it has four paid add-ons, but at the moment, four is not enough to kind of justify bundles because there's there's not enough value there to bundle it up. Whereas Jack has a lot more than me, and I'm saying, do it, do it, try it, because it's a no-brainer. I think in terms of just giving people better options of pricing, but you're gonna, as you say, get more value per customer, or you know, more revenue per customer. Um, that's the key thing. I, I think even four, I, th- I, I think you could bundle them. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I don't think there's a, a minimum. Um, you know, if, if the customer wants three and they could spend a tiny bit more to get four, then they're probably going to do that. And, you know, that's instantly a way to, to increase your revenue. As long as your bundle offerings are more than what your average customer spends, um then it's a no-brainer, like you said. Yeah, and I think, I mean, to me, it also 
a prerequisite of doing that is raising add-on prices because I think Jack and I are they're priced competitively or they're nicely priced and I think if you add a bundle you'd want to increase an individual add-on price to anchor the fact that the bundle is even more attractive but they're going to pay more but they'll get more but at the moment I think our add-ons are priced almost too low like at $39 for the single site um, so yeah I, I was kind of yeah, hoping to, this conversation would encourage Jack to try it, and but it also sounds like it's going to encourage me just to try it anyway. As you say, there shouldn't be any minimum, perhaps, to the bundle um, model. Yeah, it's, it's worth trying. I, I don't see that there's any loss that you could make from trying. I actually spent mm. most of yesterday working out what I was going to do and how I was going to do <laughs> nice. it. It sort of translated into a day of fixing little styling and issue bugs on my site, but it was kind of like a... Um, like a uh, an easy thing for me to do like I could just sit there and I mean like writing CSS I just find so easy so I can just do that and my head is sort of thinking about pricing like throughout the day so it was a really nice day of kind of thinking about what I was going to do and I even started creating a a bundle in um, EDD you no know, that's how my day started off I started cre creating a bundle in EDD of all the add-ons because I've got nine add-ons now and then I noticed that I use a plugin called EDD Screenshots and I use a, um, like a forked version which fixes a few things in the original plugin. But then I realized that this one was completely breaking. Uh, like it wasn't pro allowing some like jQuery UI stuff to load in the back end. So I spent quite a lot of my time actually fixing that yesterday. Um, but <laughs> whilst I was doing that, I was thinking about pricing and stuff. I did get it fixed in the end, but I was thinking about pricing and I was looking at EDD. I was looking at Ninja Forms bundles. I was looking at yeah, your bundles, James, as well. Um, and just trying to get an idea of what kind of thing I would, I would have. I'm actually fairly happy with the pricing on my of my add-ons at the moment I found that um, I've removed all of the people that were providing quite a lot of support and I've made sure that it's I'm at this sort of I feel like I'm at this price point where people consider the purchase but they aren't um, they're not how do I put this that they're, if they want support, they'll ask for support. But they're, they're these kinds of people that they consider the purchase, but they know a little bit more about WordPress and maybe a little bit about development or have had some experience in working with a developer or something like that. So you're talking to a different kind of person. And I just find that the, the support I get, I can mostly fix. The support I get, I can mostly, mostly from people who are polite as well. And it seems to be this like happy kind of ground. I do have a slight issue at the moment where I would say renewals aren't quite as high as I would want them to be and I think they probably decreased a little bit but I think that's mostly my fault for not updating the add-ons that I have got as regularly as I would want to and so I'm not providing that yearly value for somebody so they don't see the value in doing that and I was thinking about this yesterday there's a there's an EDD add-on that I use that I didn't renew simply because I haven't updated it in, you know, like, sorry, they haven't updated it in a couple of years. So I was like, well, what's the point of me renewing if I'm paying for the exact same thing I've got this year? You know, I haven't, that hasn't changed. So that's on my roadmap for this year and next year. But yeah, it's, um, but I, I have started that process of going through bundles and it's not if, but when that happens. And I think it'll be in a couple of weeks time once I get around to doing some site design stuff around it. 
Jack, I think um, the renewal issue, mm. especially for sing- you know for single add-ons or single plugins, it is tough. And I do, you know, as a consumer, you see like if this add-on does exactly what you need it to do in the version that you've got installed, why do you need to update it apart from potential security issues or whatever? Mm-hmm. And and that is a problem for us as merchants because we want people to renew. We need that recurring revenue to help, um, you know, keep going forward and put and supporting current users and whatever. But but I think that's where also the bundle helps even more because mm. they might have two or, two or three plugins that don't have updates that often but they what one of those or two of those in the bundle will be something that you will update mm-hmm. so they will need to renew that that bundle cost to get access to that so yeah no it's true i think, I, I think the uh, the drop-ins kind of renewals is what originally led me to think about monthly pricing as well um so that you know you kind of got this kind of trickle effect rather than kind of like this larger sum um but yeah ultimately that as I said a minute ago, has been replaced with the kind of the more of the the bundle um, plan. Uh, like I say, it's not it's not if but when on on doing it, and it is something I've thought about for a long time. As it is about you know the pro and pro versus add-ons argument as well. You know, James, have you ever considered doing a instead of having individual add-ons, have you considered a kind of like a WooCommerce? Uh, you know, booster pro plugin, which would provide all of this functionality within one single plugin. I'm just curious to, because there's it's one. It tends to be one or the, other, or the other, doesn't it? It's either pro or you go on the add-on model. Why did you choose the add-on model? Uh, I don't necessarily think it it works with the plugins that we mm-hmm. offer. Because um, they're products in themselves, I guess. Most, yeah, they. They wouldn't necessarily work for every mm-hmm. store. I mean, they they obviously would work, but you might not need yeah. them. Um, and if you go the pro route, and you know, we're if we're adding more plugins all the time, um, then it's going to end up quite bloated. Yeah, no, that's true. I suppose if you so, don't offer, you know, variations yeah. where you need, you know, different images and things like that for variations, then you know, that plugin, which is, like you say, your oldest one and one that has the most reviews and probably one of your higher sellers, I would imagine, um, is, you know, yeah. not going to be of much use. So, yeah, no, I totally understand that. Um, and I can definitely see how add-ons would be the better option for uh, WooCommerce. And WooCommerce itself, obviously, is, is does its own extension, so that kind of all makes sense in that ecosystem. Yes, it's, <coughs> it's familiar territory. Mm. Um, I, I think there's a... I was talking about it the other day, actually, in, in a Slack group, that there's a, a stigma about installing multiple plugins over, you know, mm. just one plugin. Oh, I, I know what threads um, you're talking about, James. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a, it's it's frowned upon, and um, you know, it's it's obviously going to be harder to maintain if you've got you know 200 plugins installed. Uh, and you want to keep them all updated. So there's there's more room for for conflicts and things. But if you the the number of plugins of, uh, installed doesn't negatively impact your site unless they're bad plugins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make a difference whether it's a plugin or whether it's code that's in your theme or whatever. Um, other than you know modularity and keeping mm-hmm. things separate. Yeah. So I don't know if that's relevant to what we just spoke about. But no. Yeah, and you'd prefer it. twenty twenty small well-built plugins than one gargantuan plugin that does everything but that's a bit crap <coughs> jetpack <Like> you'd <coughs> jetpack i think so. <laughs> yeah exactly or yeah i mean 
that that whole conversation is is a, probably a very good topic for another day for another sort of a round table discussion yeah, yeah. i'm not saying i'm not shutting it down but yeah because it's that whole why do i want to install plugins because i can just code stuff myself and instantly i was mm. like oh okay this is a massive generalization um which is fair and I'm, yeah we'll, we can perhaps talk about that uh get some people on and Definitely worth talking about. Yeah, um, but just quickly, going back to the bundles, especially if Jack is considering this, looking at your... So you've got three bundles, essentials, so there is a restriction of the number of plugins in each bundle. So they're not. it's not all 13 in each bundle, that's not right? No, so the only one with all plugins is the all-access. Um, essentials is, uh, is five plugins. And it, it is what it says. So it's a few of the most commonly bought together uh, products mm-hmm. that we offer. Uh, extended is, is the most popular bundle, as, mm. as described, um, which is, is, you know, basically our top seller mixed with the five from Essentials uh, and a few additionals that a lot of stores would use, like wish lists and quick view. Uh, and probably even account pages uh, and then all access is, is all of the above plus some of our higher price point plugins um, and you know more uh, the plugins that kind of your store would rely mm. on so so there's there's obviously some thought process gone behind you know it's not just the commonly bought ones it's also you want to only allow the choice plugins to be in the higher price bundles but What's the what's the kind of logic with the price points? Because looking at your savings, there's a there's a ridiculous curve in terms of how much you save to how much you spend. Um, and, and the essentials bundle, for example, was it? Because I'm I'm just trying to get in my head a potential calculation for doing bundles. Are you doing obviously five? Um, oh no, one, two, five. Um, at plugins in the essentials bundle, which would total if you bought them individually three three five, are you just slashing that in half or well more than half? Well, you're not slashing it in half, but you're doing sixty percent cost. But then the extended bundle is even cheaper, and the all access bundle you're saving five thousand dollars. That seems that seems bonkers. Like it is, yeah. Uh, I mean the. The key difference here between the three bundles is that all access is a 30 site sure. license. Okay, so that is, yeah. Um, so 30 site license for each individual plugin is a lot more than a single site license for each individual plugin. And that's why the saving on that one is so much bigger. Um, the, it, the kind of methodology behind the pricing has changed over time. Uh, initially, there was a spreadsheet that I made that that we essentially calculated the prices based on the prices of the plugins that are in the bundle, um, and you know some discount related to that. It was I think it's thirty to forty percent. Um, whereas when I changed over to this annual pricing, I took a few other things into consideration. Uh, as I mentioned before, I considered the average value of a customer. Um, so all of these price points are above Mm. that so no matter which bundle someone buys they're spending more than the average customer Um, 
and also the we needed to consider the price point of what companies similar to us are offering um which is you know where our all access pricing comes in um so there's a few considerations that have adapted over time um but i, I think the key thing with a bundle is keeping it above the average value of a customer uh, whilst also keeping it palatable within you know the the wordpress yeah ecosystem. and your competitors yeah exactly okay. yeah. do you ever find that um you were saying that the essentials bundle is you know your, your most commonly bought together plugins add-ons um and then they save so it's 199 a year at the moment and it's you save 136 dollars so do you did you find that before people were buying those anyway do you feel that by them buying the bundle that they spend less with you at the kind of that entry point uh no the, so the we've done some calculations that the the number of plugins that any one person averagely buys from us is something like okay. 1.2 um which kind of combats that issue of would they have spent less so it's it's common that someone would buy two plugins and it's reasonably uncommon that they would buy three it happens quite a lot but it's not you know a big part of the sales a lot of the sales are one or two plugins um so the price of the essentials for example depending on which plugins they buy is more often than not more than the cost of two Mm -hmm. plugins if you see what i mean so it's it's above the cost of the average number of plugins by yeah, sure. No, I totally, I totally get that. I, it, I'm, yeah, I think that's my that's uh, potentially the the reservation that I or anyone might have if they were run if they were doing a bundle is, are you shooting yourself in the foot by giving you know large discounts on things? Yes, your average customer might you know uh, only buy one or two plugins, but there are people that are going to buy more than that. Um, do you feel that by providing that bundle, whichever one it they might choose, they will be um, you know, saving a huge amount of money that you could have gotten directly as opposed to the sort of the discounted rate. Um, but I suppose most of the time it's probably no because you're relying on those, you know, high value, high price kind of customers that come in. And actually um, most of the time what you're doing is you're upselling the, the one to two uh, purchase customers rather than discounting the high price customers. Exactly. It kind of... Uh evens itself out really um you know you're getting more people that buy these bundles at a higher price point than they would spend uh, and perhaps the people that would have bought it separately are getting it cheaper than if they were to buy it individually but you know the the price points are evening out um it definitely adds more value mm. having bundles but interestingly as well you, you you're not um explicitly linking to that bundle pricing section like you don't have a pricing because I've noticed with a few sites that we were looking at recently that have, you know, a la carte sales of add-ons or plugins, but they also have the bundles. They have like in their main navigation, they have a pricing link, and that is to the bundles pricing. Um, and then obviously they have separate add-ons which have their pricing. But you just, I think you're more subtle with it. And is that a, is that a um, conscious decision, where, you know, you've got. 
everything goes to the plugin and then the pricing for the plugin. But then you've got kind of a smaller call out notice saying this is included in the essentials bundle. Go and get that. Yeah, the the thinking behind it is that the most common route for someone to come in is that they're looking for a solution to a specific problem they have. So they'll find mm -hmm. one plugin. Uh, and then the natural progression from that is to see these other plugins that you know they realize are going to be useful for them too um but it's definitely something that, that we're experimenting with um you know that that addition that you just mentioned of saying that this product is included in x bundle is something that was probably added in in the last couple of weeks mm. um bundles are something that we're definitely pushing a bit more now uh, and it's just a, a case of experimenting with, with what works. But, you know, like I say, the, the most common customer is looking for for one or two plugins. Um, and that's the, the route that they take to come yeah. into the site. Yeah, and I think with this, it's easier to, to experiment and tweak pricing than it is anything else, really. With You can't really tweak the software so much, but you can easily change pricing and revert things and walk back. And it doesn't really affect things too much. So... Like the experiment is is easier to be had, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, no one's mentioned it yet, so yeah, <laughs> that's always good. Okay, cool. So I have noticed throughout this call, you've been saying we um, in terms of your business, and so it's not just you. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit more about your setup. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a few of us, so it's. Uh, me obviously uh pramud is our sort of secondary developer alongside me um he's based in india and gina uh, sorry he's he's full-time so he, he works with us full-time gina is our content marketing manager um so she does a lot of the blog posts that we put out um she'll do a lot of the social media stuff that, that goes out and then I outsource the frontline support to a company in the Philippines called Level Up. Um, and they contribute mainly one person to the, the support team, but you know, if he's off, there's someone, someone will step in. Uh, so there's quite often two of them on the case. Nice. So you're, you're scaling up really in terms of everything really, development, content marketing and support, which is... I guess a sign of a growing company. Yeah, exactly. The The key thing for me was to make sure that I'm not doing everything, um, which is is a very hard step to take when you've kind of bootstrapped a company to to this position um, because, you know, all of the code is yours and you know how everything works and you, you trust your code and it's hard to kind of give away that trust to someone else. Um, you know, my, my time working with you guys at Delicious Brains kind of helped contribute to figuring out how that mm. could work on a, on a remote basis. Um, so yeah, I mean that, I, I would say working with a team remotely is a, a great way to kind of experience how you could adopt that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, What's your so? What's your role now then? Even though, so, you've obviously got a full time developer in Pramud. Is he is he doing 
or of the code? Are you now focused on driving forward, or are you still right in the weeds with the code? Uh, I still do everything. <laughs> That's worked out well then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely um, you know Pramud focuses a lot on. Uh, well, he's been doing the the sales booster stuff over the the past few months, um, adding new features that that were requested for that. Uh, he's been doing a lot of the technical support, which takes a lot off my plate. Um, you know, the the actual when support comes in and it gets technical, that can take up yeah. so much time. Um, you know, you could spend a day just looking at one issue, um, and it's it's definitely kind of eased that burden. Um, I still do a bit of, of, of development, um, primarily on, on our actual website, you know, experiments on the website. Uh, but there's also, you know, technical support that does still come through to me. Um, I work alongside Promu to fix issues that require two brains. Um, so, yeah, I am still kind of involved in that. Uh, in terms of marketing I have definitely taken a step back from that. It's it's not something that I've ever been especially skilled at. Um, you know, I, I can write a, a reasonably good blog post, but it's not something I necessarily mm. enjoy doing. Um, so taking a step back from that has been quite good. Um, but I do still do some of it. A, a lot of the content on our product pages, I've been rewriting uh, and I actually just hired someone or contracted someone to to write that for me um i always felt that i would be best placed to write it because i know exactly what the product does and how it works um but that doesn't necessarily always translate well for the person buying it because you're coming at it from a developer's mindset and i need to be coming at it from a store mm. owner's mindset uh so getting someone to write that content for me is going to be more beneficial than me trying to change mm. the way I think yeah yeah and I think this is a, an issue we've talked about and I, I'm sort of highlighting on, on my own stuff that I will develop the plugin and it <clears throat> solves a lot of problems and it has a bunch of features and that's what you spur out on the on the marketing page you're like this has got this feature this feature this feature and like it doesn't matter what it does if you don't tell that person why they need it or what problem it solves for them like that is a lost opportunity and I'm rubbish at doing that as well um or you know that you're in that 100%. developer like I built this and it does this and it has this and it's like well yeah great but why does that yeah so I think that's a smart move to kind of switch that and and get somebody else to do that yeah I actually found uh because I've done a lot of research on how to write good product descriptions um, and I found a pretty good formula. Uh, I don't know how you'd pronounce it, but it's it's an acronym of uh, the acronym is PASO or PASO, P-A-S-O. Uh, and the way to kind of frame your product description is to start with the problem. Uh, so you you kind of describe what the problem is and make the customer feel you know empathy towards that problem. Then you agitate the problem, and you know kind of describe scenarios that might happen should this problem continue uh, then you offer them the solution which is this is how you could solve it um, uh, you know use use our product it will solve it for you 
but obviously phrased better uh, and then you describe the outcome of that and you know what they can expect to gain from using the solution uh, and that formula I found really easy to follow uh, as a way to kind of get across the value of a product rather than what mm. features it has so that's, uh, that's definitely something that's worth looking into there is an extra step to that at the end um, but I can't remember what it is and I didn't feel I needed to use it so. nice so that's something you've implemented in I'm presumably seeing you know better conversions or uh, yes yeah, we've, we've done a lot on conversion rate optimization um, and part of that is updating our product pages so if you look at some of our older products um, they don't necessarily have very good product pages and descriptions um, so we're, we're going through that process now of updating each one if you look at WooThumbs for example uh, that has been updated and it uses in the in the section of content the the kind of five or four or five paragraphs of content in the middle of the page uh, we use that formula um, but yeah it, it is hard to kind of pull out the the benefits of something when as a developer you're thinking about mm. the features it is, it is yeah it's funny that. you should say that because again something that popped up kind of just popped into my head yesterday was that i should be more targeted now that I've been around for long enough and I know what kinds of people are buying you know my add-ons and the kinds of people that I know that are you know asking for support and things like that for the free kind of core plugin um, I should be targeting those people a bit more and, and kind of yeah trying to drive sales into very specific markets rather than kind of a everyone can customize their WordPress emails you know kind of thing so I totally get that and I was checking out your site a minute ago for the for the uh, specifically for the woo thumbs uh, page and yeah you put you're putting on a lot of effort you've got kind of these tick boxes for bullet points you've got these kind of uh, screenshots with kind of like zoomed in sections and you know really highlighting some of the benefits of of the the uh, the add-on and and kind of what you're doing and how you're doing it and um, it looks like you put a lot of effort into um, those pages and um, if I'm honest it's something that I have not done properly and I think it's just laziness on my part <laughs> I think I just uh, I just think yeah I've, I can't really I can't really see how to do that and I don't see how what the benefit would be but um, I, interestingly I think you've taken it from a more of a how it appears on the front end aspect as opposed to what the so, so it, it's what you end up it's what you provide to the person that's buying the add-on and then the person that's configures your add-on in their site this is the output that the user on the front end of the site gets to see and you've gone from kind of rather than this is how the plugin looks behind the scenes you've gone right to the end result which I think is brilliant because they will then be able to see what that's like for their customers rather than um, you know that you're focusing on them as the customer they're just kind of you're it's almost like you're two steps away and I and I wonder how I can take a similar kind of approach um, with my own stuff as well it's really interesting yeah I, th I think it's, it's definitely a conscious decision to do that um, but it does depend on what your product yeah. is um, because ultimately any customer that's going to buy this product is is solving an issue for mm. someone on the front end they don't care how it works in the back end I mean you know, obviously they want it to be a, a nice smooth experience, but that's not the key yeah. thing that they're trying to solve. Um, 
so yeah, we don't really show any behind the scenes. I think there might be one. Yes, yeah, so there's there's one kind of behind the scenes uh, screenshot which which I felt you know is where the uh, issue is for them, or it's, it's kind of the easiest place to show where that benefit applies. Um, but it, it's hard to to kind of break it down to what the actual final thing that you're solving is, um, where I guess for you is is going to be the email. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, depending on your email app, it could be not great. So, <laughs> so um, that's something I'm sort mm. of thinking about for next yeah. year. Actually, but, I mean, like a it, theming add-on is something that's been high on my uh, you know agenda for a while, and I think that could improve things quite a bit actually yeah that would um, be good uh, I was going to say I think if you if your product is like a, a back end spreadsheet editor then obviously the the issue you're solving mm. is in the back end of WordPress so that's that's where yeah, your screenshots it's come true. from yeah you were talking about um, market outreach and, and you know kind of content marketing and things like that um, do you feel that blogging help sales i see you've got a blog on your your site and i know that you know they they recommend that you put i say they you know the wider kind of wordpress community i guess recommend that you put out some kind of blog post with a with a major update uh point releases not so much but you know if you're doing something um you know quite significant to your to an add-on or your plugin then you know writing a blog post with it is is helpful um have you seen have you do you think it helps do you think people you know, do you know if people read those blog posts? Does that convert directly into sales? Do you feel? Yeah, uh, content marketing in terms of blogs and you know on-page product SEO is our biggest source of visitors and sales. Uh, probably you know up to like eighty percent. Okay. Of sales well, coming through to, coming through to blog post um, articles. So yeah, then, like, how do you do this in? We, yeah, from yeah. from search. Nice, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, so it's it's huge. Um, you know, we, we don't really do any other marketing. Um, something that the the marketing that we do do is something that again we're working on at the moment, uh, with the aim to kind of get more backlinks. You know, get get these bigger blogs talking about us and our products. Um, but also we're focusing on the content mm-hmm. that we're releasing. Uh, in the past, I think I've only really done a couple of plugin mm-hmm. update posts, um, and I don't necessarily think they work as such. I mean, it's 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 obviously good content to have, but the the audience for our blog is something that we've changed. Um, initially, it was for developers. You know, they'd come in and get a code snippet and they'd then leave. Uh, mm-hmm. And not necessarily convert well, and I think the audience for uh, a plugin update post would be similar to that. It, it would be developers that that are looking mm, at yeah. what changes you've made, um, which is good. It depends. It depends what changes you have made, I guess. But the the content of our blog posts now uh, is focused more around how tos uh, and tutorials, and you know how to solve a particular issue step by step by using one yeah. or more of our plugins uh, and the the kind of key thing that we've been embedding into these posts is how you can solve mm-hmm. an issue using our plugin 
whereas previously it was here's a bit of code to solve your issue and mm-hmm. also we sell mm-hmm. these plugins uh, you know that kind of post does not convert well whereas these kinds of posts uh, you get the the SEO benefit of people coming in you know we do keyword research behind them so, to see what people are having issues with and searching for um, and the theory is that they'll come through to this blog post they'll get value from it and they'll see these you know solutions from from your products yeah. as well. do you think they're fairly evergreen kind of articles or do you think that they'll they'll run a course and you almost have to do them again that's yeah that's what we're going yeah. for yeah no i mean that they need to be kind of constantly updated we've ju- we've just gone through a load of mm-hmm. our older articles and updated them um but yeah ideally they should be yeah, as sure. evergreen okay. as possible you know it's interesting cause essentially because you're pulling in whoever might be searching for a particular problem like you say within woocommerce i get most of my traffic on my site through people from wp.org or someone using the plugin so like all of the documentation and and short codes and things like that you can use within my plugin you have to go to the site to see and that's a that was a deliberate you know so that people could see the site and kind of look around it and get more help from there rather than kind of getting a bit like it all kind of works together rather than um, some of it's in the plugin some of it's on the site that kind of thing but I suppose so a lot of my traffic comes in via that way and and uh, I, I don't feel I need to do as much marketing to get people to the site because, you know, the marketing that I would get because, you know, they might want to solve a specific problem. But it sounds like your way of kind of getting the um, the blog, uh, getting the blog post going so that people come in via that route and then discover the products is, is kind of maybe slightly different. I don't know. Jack, I heavily disagree. Sorry, James, but cut you off there. Yeah, go for it. Um, James, sorry, were you just going to... I'll let you finish there before I go into that. Uh, I mean, I was probably going to say similar, to be fair. So we used to have a few free mm-hmm. plugins on, on WordPress um, and used a similar model to you where you know we're linking through to our site for the pro update or the documentation uh, or you know just tutorials around it. Uh, and it was definitely a good avenue, but I, I think the two work mm-hmm. pretty well hand in hand. Um, you know, I, I do think that you should only really focus on one or two avenues mm-hmm. of marketing. Uh, but I do think that content marketing is is one of the best ones that you can focus on, and I think it it can apply to. Yeah, any I have started platform. writing a couple of case studies actually, which is kind of they're not blog so much they're, they're kind of like your store interview kind of series you've got on your blog of of examples of companies that use it and what they use it for and and trying to kind of go in it, it, it goes hand in hand with the kind of the i should be more, more targeted towards the uh, the people that i want to get in in touch with and who i think would benefit the plugin would benefit um so yeah i have kind of started that um i think for the the transparency aspect because I don't think I was particularly clear about it a second ago so you can't the whole point of my plugin is that you can kind of use short codes and the WYSIWYG editor and that kind of thing to put in this information into a an email that's sent out and we you need to know what those short codes are and the short code help is not built into the plugin it is on the website so when people come through when they want to find out what the short codes are there's a button that takes them through to the website for that particular notification and then they can kind of look at it so all of the 
the majority of the traffic that I get um, is from just people using the plugin. So I just wanted to make sure that was, I don't think I made that particularly clear a minute ago. But Ian, yeah, what, do, what were you going to say? Yeah, so I mean, I'm trying to look at it from, because, you know, I'm in the same position as you with the free plugin on .org and you know, premium add-ons. Mm. And like you, I get a lot of traffic from WordPress.org. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm not, um, I'm not happy with just that because that means you've, you know, you've got a user using your plugin through WordPress.org. They've used the search or whatever to find a way to customize the emails for WordPress, and they found your plugin. But you really don't have a huge amount of control over how you appear in the search results in WordPress.org. You know, you can do certain things with the README or whatever. Mm. So you've got a new user using the plugin, and then you are, you know, effectively saying you're marketing them your premium add-ons through links within the plugin and docs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think we need, we both need to be um, finding new people, not through .org, but via the same content marketing route. Because if you're blogging about how to effectively uh, customize your emails in WordPress or stuff that people would be using your plugin for anyway, but if they haven't even got to installing your free plugin yet and they don't know what to do or don't know how to do it and they come from Google, using that search term, find your site, download the free plugin, and have you know, then you've got another avenue of people using it and then potentially buying the premium add-ons. Mm. So I think I think as freemium kind of, you know, free core plugin on WordPress.org and premium add-ons, as those kind of products and authors we're lazy with it because WordPress does give us such a big um amount of traffic and amount yeah. of users yeah but i think we need to be getting in earlier um like from content marketing because it is huge you're right and, I, I, yeah we're we're, we're yeah. somewhat spoiled in the traffic that you get from wordpress.org and, and and content marketing isn't lost on me not at all um i think you're you're right i think i i, I probably put too much um emphasis on the traffic i do get from the uh the traffic via people that have installed the plugin via .org um, you're quite right and that's kind of where my head's been at with these kind of case studies thing but um, yeah no it's uh, I, I think I was just uh, I was thinking that we have this avenue that James may not have but um, I probably spoke too soon I, James I'm not I'm not entirely sure if you have that avenue already like you say you've got some free core plugins so um, yeah oh no, you can change them yeah, oh, you've yeah. moved them now yeah okay yeah I think yeah, I got I got rid of all my free plugins because it was too much of a support. Yes, yeah. there's always that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's fine. Um, so I noticed as well. Speaking about sort of documentation and things, you use Help Scout for yours, and Ian, I think you use Help Scout Scout for your stuff as well. Um, yeah, WP User Manager, and I've inherited that with Help Scout Docs. Yeah. Um, which is so. This yeah. is just my own naivety because I I've never used Help Scout, and I think. The only time I've ever seen Help Scout is like the live chat thing in the corner. That is Help Scout, isn't it? They do offer that. Am I right in thinking that? Or am I thinking of a different thing? The, yeah, well, they're offering, yeah, it's a part of um, their offering. Why, why use um, Help Scout Beacon documentation over a custom post type in WordPress? I, it, it's not a um, loaded question. I honestly am curious. And it, it's same with you, Ian, as well. I'm just curious. Uh, for me, so I, I started using Help Scout. Um, you know, their their core uh, offering is the the ticketing yeah, system, I guess you'd call it that that they use. Okay. 
email support. Yeah, so your your customer would to your customer it looks like they're just sending an email, uh, but to you you've got this system in the back end that doesn't really work like emails. You can you know assign tickets, um, you can set statuses to a, a ticket, so you can close it, you can open it, uh, and it's it's much easier to manage your support emails in that way than it is to mm-hmm. use, you know, just normal emails. Uh, especially when you've got a team uh, of people, you know, we've got three or four people in the system um, and we can all see where everyone's at with each email ticket. Um, so obviously I started using that. Um, and I was probably using that when they released mm-hmm. the docs functionality. Uh and at the time, I never really, I didn't want to build it myself because I wanted it to have good search. Um, you know, I wanted it to be well formatted. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I didn't really want to spend the time myself putting all that together. Um, so for me, using Docs was a, a, a simple solution. Uh, I have considered switching to something self-hosted. Um, apparently there's some okay. SEO benefits to yeah. it um, but I've I've not done that as of yet so essentially just to keep things simple for me uh, you know that they also offer reporting and, and everything for your docs so you can see what people are searching for you know if they search for something whether they got zero mm-hmm. results and that kind of thing Um which is a lot of work of ours to yeah, self-build sure. solutions. Yeah, and it, it's, easy, it's easier to sort of embed. If you're replying to a support ticket within Help Scout and they've got a problem, the customer's got a problem that is explained in a doc, it's very easy to embed that doc link without having to go off to your site, find it in your docs and go, oh, okay, yeah, this is the link, This use this. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of an optimization, I guess, in that respect. Yeah, no, sure. And I've I've noticed it's a very popular option for WordPress sort of theme and plugin authors. And and James, you know, as you sort of mentioned a couple of times, uh, you know, in this episode, um, there's been some thought process behind it. And I was curious to know what what your thought process was behind it as well. Um, So, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. Um, I suppose I I just have kind of, I guess, one more question. We've we've had a really good chat with yourself. Um, How do you split your time? between developing add-ons and creating new ones or and fixing bugs in add-ons you obviously got your other developer as well how do you kind of work that out between you or do you kind of lead the way on that um yeah i mean i i lead the way on that the there's kind of three avenues really there's there's fixing bugs that arise adding new features uh and creating new plugins um you know that's that's all the three core development tasks that we undertake um the fixing bugs always takes priority because there's usually some kind of support ticket associated to it um so if a bug comes in it will either be assigned to me or pramud uh, and we pretty much focus on it as soon as we get it through um features is something on our website we have a, a features re, uh, feature requests board um which is actually a plugin that i built shameless plug um 
called Simple Feature Requests, and it is a Freemius plugin. And uh, sorry, a Freemium plugin. It does use Freemius as well, but it's it's a product that I have uh, hosted on on WordPress.org, and it has a pro version. Uh, and this basically helps us to prioritize which features we should start focusing on. Um, so we know that, for example, if you order my feature requests at the moment by number of votes or top, um, you'll see that a lot of people want custom swatches for mm -hmm. our linked variations plugin. So chances are that the next feature that we add to a, a plugin is going to be that, because we know that a lot of people want that and it's going to add value to the to the product to more than one person if we get someone that comes through via support and you know wants this feature adding uh, depending on what it is the majority of the time we'll send them here uh, and they'll add it here and then when we change the status of it they'll get an update that says you know we're working on it or it's completed or declined that kind of thing um, and then obviously there's there's times where WooCommerce might update and we kind of have to jump straight onto that and, and mm -hmm. start updating for that. Uh, so the, the bugs and updates are kind of out of our control mm -hmm. as to when they occur, uh, whereas the feature requests are a bit more in our control. Um, and my plugin here helps sure. us to prioritize yeah. that. No, I can see that. That's good. And what about um, developing new add-ons? How do you sort of, do you have a, a list of things that you might want to consider building or how do you even kind of come up with those ideas because some of them are you know they're very specific um, kind of issues is that because of things that you kind of just find online like things people have requested for and think I think you can make an add-on out of that or is it like you know an in-depth usage of WooCommerce that you have with you know previous clients or customers or how, how does that kind of work uh, again yes it's fairly you know, pretty much all of all of the above. Um, we I do have a list of products that that we would like to get out there, uh, and that list is compiled by speaking to our existing customers. You know, you you get a an idea of what people are looking for based on just speaking to the customers and and hearing the same thing mm -hmm. uh, multiple times. Um, you know, one. One plugin that we want to build is a, a filtering plugin because we know that a lot of WooCommerce users install these filtering plugins and a lot of our customers use filtering plugins. Um, and one of the things that, that we want to be is a place where you can get all of these plugins that you're looking for, you know, mm -hmm. in, from one offer. Um, because uh, as, as a user, as a customer, that's a big selling point. You know, you only have to deal with one person if there's support issues. Um, and, you know, with, with our code and support in particular, you know that you're getting a, a reliable service and you know that everything's going to be compatible with each other. Yeah, sure. Consistently. Okay. Um, and then also, you know, uh, WooCommerce have like an ideas board, um, which is similar to my feature requests Uh board here where, where they're listing these features that they want to see in WooCommerce uh, and then also we're we're active in the Facebook WooCommerce related groups and you know Reddit and Quora and stuff like that so we just kind of got our ear to the ground yeah. is, is the saying I believe. That's quite nice to have 
It's quite nice to have that sort of list. collection of places where your potential customers hang out in terms of the WooCommerce, you know, ideas board and Facebook groups. And, you know, yeah. that, that is that is quite a luxury, really, when you think of other pro- products that, you know, you have to kind of go and find these customers or um, it's quite a nice, I guess, it comes with a downside. You're re- relying on another product um, for mm. your business that's propped up yeah. by, but... Yeah, uh, it's it's quite um, it's good to talk to you, James, because like you you're doing a lot, and like it's really good to because obviously we we've known each other for a few years, so it's nice to know sort of like how well it's going and scaling up, and like you know it's it's on it's on a good curve. Um, yeah, and again, thanks for coming on and talking to us. Can you? Uh, I think we've covered Iconic WP, but where can people find you online and um, what's your Twitter stuff? And Yeah, uh, obviously in any of these Facebook groups, so WooCommerce Help and Share, uh, Advanced WooCommerce in the Facebook groups, I'm on both of them. Um, if you're a store owner, we've got our own uh, Facebook group, uh, WooCommerce Store Owners by Iconic. Um, my Twitter is James C. Kemp. My iconic Twitter is IconicWP. And, you know, you're welcome to reach out to me if you've got any questions. Nice. Does you have anything else to add, Jack? Or I think we've covered quite a bit, to be honest. We have, yeah. yeah. No, it's been fantastic. And um, I'm sorry that some of the conversations sort of, you know, went off towards problems that Ian and I are having specifically with our, our plugins. And uh, But, it's you know, it's, it's really good to be able to ask, you know, somebody that's been doing it for a little while and you know um, someone that puts a lot of thought into kind of every aspect of of what they're doing and to hear a bit more about you know who you are and how you got started and the kinds of things that you do and how you do it and why it's always really interesting um no it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you james really really good thank you for coming on the show yeah no it's been great it's been it's been good to look back on everything and really think about why i'm doing stuff so (laughs) It's great, uh, helpful all round. Well, yeah, and obviously thank you to any listeners listening. And as always, um, if you would like to drop us a review, um, you can go to pressingmatters.fm slash review and hopefully leave us a nice um, review on iTunes. Um, But yeah, again, thanks for talking to us, James, and nice to catch up as always, Jack, and hopefully speak in a week or two, maybe. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, James. Thanks, Ian. Mm -hmm.